0: 18 plus. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v And
1: welcome to the Lombardi Line presented by MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds for the next two hours. We are here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas and, of course, Wes, we're going to get to the big news of the day, and that big news, of course, is down there at Augusta National. The Tiger Woods says, as of right now, he anticipates that he's going to play on Thursday. We're going to have Carl Paulson uh, from the PGA Tour, of course, from Sirius XM Radio. He's going to join us. He was just there. He is at Augusta on the ground, so we'll get his thoughts about all of that. In the second hour, we're going to have Will Hill join us, as we always do, uh, each and every Tuesday. He's got some NBA plays for tonight and also... I think he's got a long shot play, and I, I know you and Brady Cannon on long shots have some as well. So we're going to talk a lot of golf, some NBA, but we do have to talk about college basketball to begin the show today from last night. And, you know, Kansas is down 15 at the break, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, boy, this is 40 to 25. It's the biggest halftime deficit. We've never seen that before, come back from 15 down to win the national championship. They don't cover the number. And some are going to say that, man, if you had Kansas minus four, maybe it was a bad beat because you you got the ball up three, and you can't inbound the ball properly, and it gives Carolina a shot to tie this thing. What were your, what was your overall takeaway? I know if you had Carolina money line, you're thinking, how did I lose that? But some might say, if I Kansas minus four, how do I not at least get a push?
0: I had Kansas money line, and I felt very lucky. I tried that favorite money line on Saturday with Duke. That did not obviously come in. But when you look at this game, you were kind of thinking, okay, is this going to be like it was last year? We all remember Jalen Suggs with that heave for the win in that overtime game against UCLA. It's like, how much are they going to have for Baylor? And they clearly did not have enough. So you kind of thought, maybe North Carolina is going to fall to the same fate. And they were ready to play from the get-go. It was 40-25 at halftime. Uh, Kansas got down 16 points, and it's like, wow, is this kind of, you know, is the pressure finally getting to Kansas? Because credit to them for winning their national title, by the way, their fourth and their first since uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. But it's like the draw I do think really did clear out for them. It's not like they had to beat total cupcakes, but we looked at that when they fir- the draw first came out, and it's like, okay, you know, they've got a lot of teams they could beat. They were kind of a little scuffling against both Creighton and Providence, Mm -hmm. but those were two teams you thought they could beat. They happen to get some fortune and draw a 10 seed in the elite eight. And that second half, 47 to 15 over Miami, they get Villanova who was without one of their better players, Justin Moore. And I think you kind of saw that lack of depth and just, you know, just not much to replace Moore, especially defensively. So Kansas gets by there. So it's like, Now you got to beat an eight seed. And I know that that eight seed is North Carolina. You know, so that's not your typical eight seed. This is one of the greatest programs in the history of college basketball, but it's like, okay, this is all clear for us. And then they get behind, they get behind 15 at the half, and they actually got down 16. But they overcome the deficit. The biggest deficit in a championship game since 1963 Ooh. Loyola Chicago over Cincinnati. So Kansas gets it done. And I think what you really saw with the game last night is. What was going to regress more? We knew Kansas was not going to shoot 54% from the three. right? But we also knew that North Carolina wasn't going to hold them to 26%. Kansas ended up being somewhere right in the middle, 35%. But really what happened with Carolina on this run, their guards made big shots. Didn't make enough of them last night. R.J. Davis, 5 of 17, 0 of 5 from the three. Caleb Love, 5 of 24, 1 of 8 from the three. By the way, as a team, Carolina, 31.5% three-point shooting, 22%.
1: So that's the amazing thing. At halftime, when they had that 15-point lead, their shooting percentage, I believe was 36%. Like, Carolina wasn't yeah. shooting well. Yeah, it's, even like they're,
0: it's like they're beating the
1: hell out of this team, and they're shooting 36%. Right, so you felt like, boy, if they just up their, their, their play a little bit, but Kansas really put that big push on, on the first five minutes of that second half, got that number immediately inside of 10, and you kind of felt like it was game on at that point. And then there, was, there were points early, you know, like with eight minutes to go in the second half, where Kansas is up three, up four. Mm -hmm. And it felt like, boy, they're going to, they might run away with this thing, which would have been an amazing uh, about face if they had covered that number if you were a Kansas backer. The under easily cash this year really never felt like it was in jeopardy unless it had gone to overtime, which obviously Carolina had a couple shots at it late uh, after that inexplicable turnover by Kansas. Uh, So it does stay under the number here with 141 total points. You felt like
0: the pace was there, but the shooting, I mean, because it has to be both. Uh, It's not just, you know, we always look at the pace, rank and the Ken Palm or the bartorvic or what have you. So we always look at that, but it's like, okay, you still got to make shots. And really, North Carolina did not, despite the fact that they had so many second-chance opportunities. I think North Carolina just oh, grabbed man. another offensive rebound. uh, <laughs> or, uh David McCormack, uh, I know, and we'll get to the MOP oh, discussion. Everybody boy. was kind of salty that he didn't get it. However, you look, you had a wounded Armando Baycott that did out-rebound him. It was 15-15 and 15 to 15-10. and 10 ended up being the final numbers, but uh, 55 rebounds for North Carolina and only 35 for Kansas, a 20 pre advantage, and North Carolina still can't get it home.
1: Well, you, you hit it right there in the head because uh, I was driving after the game going home. I did not listen to the ceremony, so two things that I missed live, but I went back and watched. The most awkward point of the night was when Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, had to give the trophy to Bill Self. Mm -hmm. Now, for those that don't know, Kansas, right, they actually have. They've got basically pending charges against Bill Self and Kansas as we speak. And that guy had to give the trophy to him. And by the way, if we remember, Kansas is like, you know what? We don't care about these allegations. We're going to offer him a lifetime contract. They really went kind of double middle fingers in the air to the NCAA. And then Mark Emmert says, congratulations, to the Kansas City Jayhawks? What was that? Like, you're the president of the NCAA and you can't get the school's name right? That was embarrassing. Well,
0: the Kansas City Jayhawks, I don't think are being investigated (laughs) by the NCAA. The Kansas Jayhawks from Lawrence uh, are. Are. And I think they'll wrap that up maybe in about about 10 years. uh, They'll finally get (laughs) that investigation wrapped up. But nevertheless, KU gets the win. And, uh, you know, I just thought that their depth kind of showed and really depth has not been a big deal because it usually isn't in the NCAA tournament. When you get this late, you're playing seven, eight dudes. You've got 13 scholarship players. You ain't playing 13 guys, but Kansas ended up playing. I think, uh, I think they played seven guys, significant minutes. And then a couple guys got spot minutes. But I really thought in terms of leading that run, Christian Braun was huge. Now, He's that huge. was my one loser. I had a pretty good night last night, but that was my one loser. I had Christian Braun over 12 and a half points, and he got 12 with mm. about 12 minutes to go, and you're like, oh, man, is this, dude's, this dude's good. Well, And know, then you see him parked over there in the corner. I'm like, <laughs> give him the ball because they're running everything through the post. I'm like, you know, let him shoot one here.
1: Well, Okay. When you just you just said it right there, running everything through the post. So this gets to the to the mop, the most – outstanding player now again you could get this, this these are final four tickets it was not for the whole tournament correct because I think if, if that's the case you can get a, a, a body you can make the case that he could have been the mop mm-hmm. but I think if you're just going in the final four and I know you know he was amazing in that kind of blitz of Villanova to begin that final four but really the domination of McCormack down low was the reason why Villanova couldn't really finish off that comeback and then going everything through the post, as you just said, was really the reason why Kansas came back and, and won this national championship. Yeah. If you had a ticket, and I saw some people on social media saying, I almost feel guilty cashing this ticket that it wasn't McCormick. I, again, I was stunned. I didn't hear it live. And then I got back home, and I go, what? He wasn't the most outstanding player did they just screw that up, or could you really make the case for Agbaji?
0: Right, and and in that in in the sports book in which I was watching, all of a sudden the audio went down, and we kind of looked, and it was a few minutes later, just squirreling on our phones on the Twitter machine, like, wait a minute, Agbaji won player outstanding player how, how does because that work? I think he kind of got the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was kind of like a season award because he was a first team all, uh, all AP sure. All American and, and all that stuff. But you know, McCormick, I think. I'm not surprised that he didn't necessarily win. I thought clearly he had a shot, but he did get outplayed a little bit by Baycott, I thought. And Baycott, you know gutted it out on that ankle. Now late when he went down, it was like, Oh boy, well, this that, is, this is on, not on good. A forward you you, you kind of knew something was going to happen. Cause it's like, he's gutting it out. And two hours after the game, it's going to swell like a oh, mother man. and it's good. Just going to be really awful. But Baycott was obviously very game, especially early. You look at Carolina, you get three guys with double doubles points and rebounds, Baycott, uh, Brady Manic, RJ Davis, and they still couldn't get it home. Just did not shoot the ball well enough. And, uh, I think Kansas, it cleared for them. They were pretty consistent all year. Like, they're not a team when you look at them. They're a very good team, and it's not like they blew you away. No, I don't. They, they didn't blow you away at all. It's not like, okay, they just got more dudes, you know, than everybody else.
1: I cast a couple of Final Four tickets. One of them was Kansas, the other was Villanova. I had that bracket kind of correct, but mm-hmm. I couldn't count on, on on Moore's injury for for Villanova. That's why I had Villanova uh, beating Kansas in the Final Four. But, you know, it's interesting because I heard Bill Self after the game and they're, they're like, talking about these kids and, and running it back. And Bill Self, with all the kids there, said, <laughs> you're going to have to talk to other guys because most of these guys are going to be gone. Yeah. So when you forecast the next year, would you rather have a future ticket right now, sight unseen of what Kansas is going to look like, but you know they just reload, yeah. versus Carolina. Do you think Hubert Davis now has a young team that you say, all right, some of these guys are coming back, not all. But some of these guys are coming back, and Carolina will be Carolina again.
0: Well, I mean, all these teams basically reload essentially with with, with what they have. So, I mean, we're getting all these way too early top 25s -hmm. because clearly, obviously, the transfer portal is in full effect. And then, obviously, you're going to have people putting their name early entry into the NBA draft. So, I think North Carolina actually probably, at least on the surface, has more coming back. Armando Bacot up in the air. Mm -hmm. I think he's probably going to declare, but we'll see how severe this is injury is, but you look, you have Caleb Love back, you have R.J. Davis back, you have Puff Johnson back, you have a lot of the reserves that maybe didn't get a ton of minutes. You add Seth Tremble, who's about a top 40 national player at point guard, Jalen Washington out of Gary, Indiana. He will be coming Tyler Nichol. So they're going to bring pretty much everybody back You have note except for like Manic, Leaky Black and maybe Armando Baycott. So North Carolina probably in those preseasons are going to be top 5 to top 10.
1: From a basketball standout uh, st- standpoint, I'd like to see Bay, uh, Baycock come back because I feel like his offensive game is not polished enough for the next level. But man, is he a rebounding machine uh, that's hard to deny. But congratulations to Rock Chalk and Jayhawk. When we come back, we'll talk a little NBA and also don't forget Tiger Woods news. Yeah, we got plenty of it. Come on back, it's the Lombardi line right here in these D Sports Better. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted. Odd specials, and Much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM Casino on the strip, your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're gonna love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be twenty-one or older and physically located in Nevada. Please get them responsibly if you have a problem. Please call one 800 52 Back here in the Lombardi Line, I am Dave Ross, joined by Masters winner Wes Reynolds. I would be remiss if I said I am so jealous of your jacket today. That (laughs) is spectacular. Do you just wear it for Augusta Week?
0: I only wear it this week and also on St. Patrick's Day. And then it, it oh, basically sis. collects mothballs at the back of the closet.
1: It's, it's fantastic. It's a great look. We do have breaking news. Uh, and, again, we're going to have Carl Paulson uh, from Sirius XM Radio is going to join us. He is live at Augusta. So we'll get his thoughts in the next segment. But the pairings have now come out. And, again, Tiger Woods, for those that might have missed the press conference today, he did hold his presser today. And first thing out of his mouth was, basically, I'm playing. Like, barring a setback in the next 48 hours, if you've got money on Tiger Woods to, to tee it up and put that peg in the ground on Thursday, you're looking pretty good to cash that ticket. We are seeing numbers drastically change in the Tiger Woods futures market. You could have got plus money up yesterday to make the cut. Not anymore. Those numbers are going away. Top 20s, even top 30s are now minus numbers. But the pairings are out. And I think this is important, Wes, when you try to handicap these things. Because you know this, and this is what you and Brady do a great job on long shots as well. You do have to kind of look at who the walk is going to be with. Because mm-hmm. there's some guys out there that if you're Tiger and maybe you're a little bit compromised, you might not want to be saddled with a guy that wants to play fast, Right. But the pairing that he has, when I hear one name in particular, Wes, I go, that feels like the right guys to put Tiger Woods with.
0: Yeah, and uh, that pairing, by the way, it is Group 14 as of Thursday morning, 10.34 Eastern uh, Daylight Time, 7.34 out west. Woo. It will be Group 14 Tiger Woods with Louis Oosthuizen, uh, former runner-up here. Uh, I was runner-up in all four Man. majors. He's got the uh, Bridesmaid Grand Slam. And <laughs> Joaquin Neiman, who did win for me earlier this year at the Genesis Invitational out at Riviera in Los Angeles. So – you know, good pairing, I think, you know, I, I didn't think that they were necessarily going to put Tiger with maybe somebody like John Rahm or, or or somebody like that. But with two quality players, I think, and now how are those two players going to react? That's wow. something you got to look at a little bit because some guys I think will relish the opportunity to play with Tiger. And, you know, the competitive juices get going. It's like, man, I, I respect and admire and love Tiger, but I want to beat his ass. So, you know, some guys can get motivated by that and sometimes – guys wilt in the moment where it's like oh man we're going to have the biggest gallery out yes, here you will. and you're going to be nervous a little bit. Now I would think somebody like Louis Ustazen who has been a major champion He's before. He's going to love this. I would think that he would kind of relish this, and he's kind of been there, done that, and been in contention. All four majors did win the Open Championship back in 2010 at St. Andrews. So I would think it would affect him less than it would Neiman because Neiman is very talented, but he is still a young player. This is going to be the biggest gallery yes. he has ever had on the biggest stage in golf. So he actually was one that made my future card at a pretty big price. It was kind of one of my longer shots, uh, longer than the fifty to one that you mm-hmm. see at BetMGM. I got him at a really good number in the 80s, but how is he going to react to that? So I was kind of hoping to avoid any of my guys being grouped with Tiger.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that because I'm right there with you in that handicap that I like Neiman, and I like him at the number you have him at, but I don't like him in this group. I love Louis Oosthuizen in this spot. I did play him at a better number than you're getting right now at 40-1. to Again, these numbers get a little bit shorter as we get closer and closer to to teeing off for Augusta National on Thursday. But I think Louis Oosthuizen, as you mentioned, a perennial bridesmaid, right, losing in one of the most gut-wrenching fashions of all time against Bubba Watson from the Pine Straw in a playoff hole and one of the most improbable shots you ever see. I love Louis Tason's chances this week, and I like them even more knowing he's paired with Tiger. Mm-hmm. It's not going to affect Louie at all. No. It, it might affect Neiman, to your point. It's not going to affect Louie. But I also think this is great if you're a Tiger Woods backer for two reasons. You mentioned the start time, okay? And what this does is, for Tiger Woods, and again, if you listen to his press conference today, and Carl's going to break it down for us as well— he noted it takes him longer now to get ready. So what they do, what, what Augusta National do, we're going to put you out early on Thursday and late on Friday. Yeah, You're going to get max recovery time. Mm-hmm. We're not going to put you out late on Thursday and early on Friday. We're going to flip that script. That is the best and most advantageous yeah. spot. For Tiger Woods right now, when you see and, when and who he's teeing off. And
0: of. by the way, get your proper streaming subscription because not every shot is going to be on television, and everybody's going to be on the Twitter machine. I'm
1: like, already upset. About What's that? going on? Where's Why, my where Tiger? tiger?
0: Woods? Where's he at? Let me <laughs> let me by the way uh, get a couple other pairings <laughs> of note. Uh, the one that immediately follows that Tiger pairing, that would be Group 15, 10:45 Eastern Time on Thursday. Hideki Matsuyama, the defending champion. By the way, that menu looks delicious. Oh, and how good is Champions that menu? Dinner. Yeah, that's about like a four or five hundred dinner if you're going out to a restaurant <laughs> on the strip or someplace like well, that. Well, if
1: you and I go out and that's the menu and you're wearing that jacket, you're picking up the tab.
0: Yeah. Because I, I they're going to assume that you've I mean, won the Masters. And, and when, then we get the cocktails going. We're probably spending about a thousand bucks between us. Easy. Uh, so Hideki is with uh, Justin Thomas and also James Piot, who, by the way, was the U.S. Amateur Champion. There's six amateurs in the field. He's out of Michigan State, so they'll be together. Adam Scott with Scotty Scheffler and Tony Finau. That's a wow, nice group. that's a power group. So uh, just uh uh, kind of looking through these as these just got released. Uh, we do have uh, a couple other ones of note uh, looking for some of the former champions. Sure. Uh
1: he- you know, as you're looking at those, Wes, and I'm looking at the top fives and top tens that are out there right now. Mm-hmm. And, again, the groupings, it is, it is so important to look at, to the names that you're mentioning and who they're playing with because these guys do get comfortable. Remember, it's two days. You're going to play both Thursday and Friday with these same groupings. So when you look at some of these future plays, I think you have to put that into your handyman. Yeah. Scotty Scheffler is going to be out there with some big guns. Just listening to Scotty Scheffler, by the way, the number one player in the world. Nobody's talking about Scotty Sheffield right. this
0: week. Right? And maybe that's just the way he Perfect. wants it. I think that's the way a lot of these guys want it. And my one I think that might fit that is the guy that's trying to do the career grand slam. Check out, and these are back-ended. This is the final group on Thursday at 2.03 Eastern time as their tee off time. Matt Fitzpatrick with Brooks Kepka and oh. Rory McElroy.
1: Whoa, wait, Brooksy? And Rory together
0: again. These are heavy hitter groups, by the way, that are back ended. The uh, 152 group Eastern time, Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland with Xander Shoffley. Then right before that, Will Zalatoris, Patrick Cantlay, and John Rahm in the same group. Wow. And then also Dustin Johnson, Billy Horschel, and Colin Morikawa. That's the 130 group. So they really back in that. You got some really heavy hitter groups. By the way, only 91 players in this field. So you're going to get great players players with each other and I'm gonna be interested, you know, if you're in one of those groups where it's like you're kind of an A player, you know, against another A player. Mm -hmm. So you look at the fact that you've got DJ and Marakawa in the same group, you've got Zalatoris, Cantley and Rahm in the same group Spieth, with Hovland, with Shoffley. These are all guys that I think people look at as contenders to win this thing and guys that have won this thing before. So I think that that dynamic is very interesting when you get these groups together.
1: Uh, this is fascinating. This is like Christmas Day for me as Wes is getting these pairings as we speak here on the Lombardi line. And again, we don't have prices yet because these are just being announced. We want to get these to you as soon as possible so you know in your handicapping here for the week uh, how these are going to play out. You mentioned Rory with Brooks mm-hmm. that is a fascinating duo right. to me because these are two guys that have not won this tournament and both think now certainly Brooks okay okay you're all talking about Tiger Scotty Scheffler's number one Rory com- complete the career Grand Slam don't forget about me now his pricing has been interesting because I got him at 19 to 1 I thought that was a good price. That's still been about where it is. Yeah. You can still find some 20 to 1s out there. I, I'm not saying that people are, are forgetting about Brooks Kepka, but I got to think this is a great spot for Brooks because I got to think, again, a lot of guys are going to fly under the radar not playing with Tiger. And everybody's going to be a Tigers group. They can go out there. They can spend a little 68 right. on day one. They're going right. to be right there for all four days.
0: Yeah, because uh, obviously that group tees off earlier. So you're going to see those back-end groups get a lot of players. But you mentioned Brooks, and a lot of people like him. Because Brooks, for the first time, as he says, in the last few years, is actually healthy yes. here. So is he peaking? Now, I think that's been discounted as if you get it in the 20 to 19 to 1. I'd like to see him at 25. And then Rory McIlroy, of course. And we'll ask Carl Paulson about mm-hmm. this on the other side. Rory McElroy's tried about everything to try to get this Grand oh Slam. Goodness. He's been trying since 2015. This is the lone jewel that he does not have to be one of just six players to win the all-time Grand Slam in the game of golf. And he has tried everything is this finally the formula this year? And I think maybe having tiger in the field could be a benefit to Rory. Cause all of a sudden nobody's saying, Oh, Rory going for the grand slam and that pressure and that spotlight's just a little bit dimmer.
1: I'm just stunned though. When I see Rory BetMGM MGM is 16 to one and Brooks is 20 to one. Like that, that still stuns me for a guy that's got demons out there mm-hmm. at this golf course at Augusta and Brooksy, who I think looks at it and goes, I was so close. I could have won this in 2019. I'm going to win it this year. It's going to be fascinating. Carl Paulson's going to join us from SiriusXM. He is there live at Augusta National. When we come back, it's an exciting day for me. And again, when I'm playing with a, a former Masters champion doing a show, you can't beat that. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Visa The Sports Betting Network. Opening day and the opening round of the Masters are the same day. So that first week of April right now will be jam-packed with betting intel from all of our experts. We're going to have a breakdown on every golfer in the field, plus future bets and matchups from long shots. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, my co-host, and Matt Heumann sign up today. Get full access to VEASAN through the start of baseball season. The Masters and the NFL Draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash Back here alongside the aforementioned Wes Reynolds. I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN and Wes. You know me. I'm from the 757 Mm -hmm. Virginia Beach. Went to high school with our next guest. One of us went on to host this show. The other went on to the PGA Tour. He led at the Players' Championship on the final day. He now does great work at Sirius XM. He is the co-host of Inside the Ropes. He is Carl Paulson, and it is great to have CP join us. From Augusta, Carl, great to have you on, man. I got to know, look, I didn't anticipate what this week was going to be like when we were trying to get you on this show. We knew it was going to be Tiger Talk. I guess it's been decided that he is, in fact, going to play on Thursday. What's it like there at Augusta with the buzz that Tiger Woods has created?
2: Well, you can tell by the tweet that you put out. Uh, this is Monday, and the first tee was absolutely packed, 12 deep all the way around it, all the way down the fairway. You had to really understand where Tiger was on the golf course yesterday if you were trying to get around and check out the course. Uh, it, it's just a it's a massive, massive deal for him to even have efforted to as much as he has to play in this tournament, it still surprises the hell out of me that uh, that he's going to give it a go this week, but it is there is definitely a buzz that has been missing from this event for sure.
0: And uh, Carl, we uh, did just get the Pairing announcements about 10 or 15 minutes ago, so we're still going through and processing them. 10.34 Eastern on Thursday, he's going to be with Louis Ustazen and Joaquin Neiman. Uh, Give us a sense of how you think he's going to fare. Is that a good pairing for him? Is that a good pairing for these other two guys? I would think for Louis, being a veteran, this is good for him and he'll relish it, but uh, Joaquin Neiman, who is one of my long shots, I'm not sure a young guy is going to be ready for this atmosphere he's going to see on Thursday.
2: Yeah, you might want to check that long shot there on, on that one. It uh, might be one of those deals where, because look, you look at the age, right? Th- this is a guy that probably had posters of Tiger Woods up in his room, and when he was five years old, Tiger was winning you know, golf tournaments, and uh, even before he was five years old, he was winning golf tournaments. But uh, it might be a touch too much for him. It might be one of those deals where the moment's a little bit too big for him. I'd I'd be hard pressed to think that you're going to rattle Louis with anything. Uh, I think that guy's pulse is about twelve uh, <laughs> per minute on a normal uh, a normal day, and you know he's a guy that's had an opportunity to win this event. He's had some some, some success here at the Masters tournament, so I, I don't think Louie will be. Uh, will be affected much at all. I, I don't really think it matters who Tiger plays with. I think it's good that he's playing with Louie. They played a lot of golf together, and and um, I don't suspect that Joaquin Neiman will be in Tiger's ear much. So I, I don't think it's a bad bearing at all.
1: You know, Carl, I go back, and I'll never forget it, when you were leading at the players, and I remember the montage for the Open on that final round Sunday. And they're like, can, can you hold up? And they got with a Tiger chasing you. Tiger, here we are 20 years later almost, and it still feels like the weight of the rest of the golfers look at Tiger and go, where's Tiger? Do you think we're going to see a lot of that? Or this new crop now, the Brooks Kepkas, these guys going to be like, it's great to have him back. But look, we're, we are now the guys, Tiger's time. Not that it's over, but that we're not going to be overshadowed just because Tiger is back.
2: I think so, Dave. I think that uh, you know it's, it's pretty obvious that Tiger's in the back nine of his career. That that we aren't we aren't wondering if he's going to win three, four, or five more major championships. We're wondering if we're going to see him three, four, five, six, eight times a year on the golf course. For him to play that little amount of golf, he has got to be awfully sharp when he is not playing in tournaments and, and being ready to go. And that's going to be a difficult thing to do. You know, I, I'm not worried about his golf swing and him being able to execute the golf shots this week. It's will he be able to do it having not played since the Masters in November? You know, there's there's a lot of rust that comes along with, you know, I always say that uh, golf becomes a whole heck of a lot harder when you have that 200-pound scorecard in your back pocket. You've <laughs> got to fill it out and sign your name at the end of the day. Than it does when you're out there at medalist uh, trudging around playing and hitting a few extra chips and a few extra shots. Now for Tiger Woods, I'm sure that's a lot easier than the you know the mere mortals that have played this game throughout the years. Um, but it's still not an easy thing to do. Coming back from injury is is definitely one of those really difficult things that doesn't have a blueprint. It's different for everybody. I will tell you this: nobody in the history of the world at least in golf, has ever said, you know what, I think I came back a little bit too late. So uh, the more time you take to, to heal up and get better, uh, obviously the better off you are. Tiger doesn't really have that time, in my opinion, at, at 45 years old, in it, it mid-40s. It, it's it's kind of now or never if he wants to win another major. And I give him a lot of credit for trying to get ready for this event as, as, as quickly as he has.
0: So, Carl, let's focus on a couple of the favorites in this event. John Rahm, even though he lost the number one ranking in the world a couple weeks ago, still the favorite here. And why not? Four top tens in his last four appearances here. But want to focus on the guy that's just below him, and that's Justin Thomas. Mm. Anywhere, pretty much 14 to 1 is the market average here. Is this the event where Bones Mackay really play, pays the dividend for Justin Thomas being on the bag with so much experience here?
2: Oh, boy, you'd have to pick the toughest one, right? The guy that we expect <laughs> to play well in major championships every time he tees it up. But if you go back and look at his record in major championships, it's not great. He's got the win at Quail Hollow. He's got one other top ten. That has been an underachievement for him throughout his career. He is a better player than that. I don't know if he kind of gets too amped up for these events and, and tries to, to go at it so hard, so fast, Um I think with a little bit of patience that he is going to start having some better results in major championships. But talent-wise, absolutely, you think he's going to be around late Sunday afternoon. Uh, With everybody else that's had the success that they've had on this golf course, I'm not so sure he'd be my first pick.
1: You know, it's fascinating with no Phil Mickelson, but we do have Bones Makai out there with Justin Thomas. I do want to talk about the big boys. I'm talking about Brooks Kepka being paired with Rory McElroy. I mean, CP, that fascinates me from a competitive standpoint. If you had to pick one of those two to break through this week, which one would you pick?
2: Oh, man. Rory McElroy trying for the eighth time to create, to. Uh, finish off the career grand slam and and no world eight years ago would we think that this wouldn't have happened already (laughs) with with the amount of success that he had as early as he had uh, you know in major championships and on the pga tour I, i would love to see it i think it would be a great story barring tiger being in contention it might be probably the biggest story this week if he were able to pull this off um, I just I, I don't know I, I don't know he seems to be trying something different every single mm-hmm. Masters tournament you know coming in a little earlier coming in a little later or just not caring about results caring about results and and just trying to kind of do and he, I don't think he's quite found that combination that he's looking for uh, I think he is in a better place mentally uh, you know having being married and now having a child and and being a little bit more grounded and and doing all the things that parents and, and fathers do and, and being able to make sure that you leave time for everything in your life. So I think he's a little bit more rounded. I, I certainly don't think he's finished winning major championships. But for some reason, I really like Brooks Kepka this week. I do,
0: too. Car- Carl, uh, we got about 90 seconds left. I won't limit you to one pick, but let me give you a foursome here at Augusta. If you were to pick an outright winner, who's going to have the green jacket on Sunday? Give me your four.
2: I got four chances. Okay, I'm going to go Rom, DJ, Scheffler, and. All right, KT.
1: Oh, JT makes the cut. Uh, CP, yeah, I, I think that's a, a great force. I'm Again, I really do like Brooks Brooks his chances this week, Carl, because I just think for some reason people aren't talking about him as much. I'm seeing him as high as 20-1 to 1 here at BetMGM. So we'll see how that plays out. One other big guy that we haven't talked about very quickly, Dustin Johnson. Didn't you know? Won this in the COVID year. What do you make of DJ's chances? Very quickly. Uh, yeah, I would take
2: my uh, JT pack my pick back. Uh, Just Dustin uh, Johnson is my fourth. Uh, I forgot
1: about him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we can forget about he, great. Players. He seems it, like he's kind of
0: peaking now. He hasn't won it over a calendar year, but how he played at the match play, how he played goodness. at the players on Monday, shooting that 63. Maybe this is the time where DJ we kind of forget about him, but he's peaking at the
2: very right moment. Absolutely. And not only that, he hits the ball a long way, and we're expecting quite a bit of rain here in the next couple of days. So it could be pretty soft, and he could have a, a pretty big advantage in being able to fly that ball over 300 yards in the air.
1: Carl, enjoy Augusta National. I love hearing you. like It's just like high school revisited when I hear you every day on Sirius XM Radio. Get to follow him, as I do, on Twitter at Carl Paulson Golf. Uh, CP, thanks for the time, man. Enjoy Augusta. We'll catch up again soon. There he Got is, him. Carl Paulson. He's already probably back to work.
0: All yeah, right. yeah. He's a, he's looking through these pairings as we're looking <laughs> through them right now.
1: We'll go through some of those. Try to touch on some news and notes around the rest of the world, not involving Tiger Woods. Come on back. It is the Lombardi Line right here in these sports betting. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a ten dollars line wager in any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win two hundred bucks in free bets. Just use the bonus code VESON200 when you make your very first wager. Plus, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over twenty MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. So download the app or go to bedmgm.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointers made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit bedmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, and Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And we're going to talk more golf, obviously, as these pairings come out and some very fascinating groupings here before you get into your futures plays for the first round, which is Thursday morning at Augusta National. But also Thursday is opening day in Major League Baseball. And it feels like you and I talked about this this week, and boy, I kind of wish they separated the two. Yeah. Because for us golf geeks, we can't, this is our our. Isn't holiday. that
0: like so baseball? Like, they finally get the deal done, and it's like, okay, we're not going to miss any games, but when do they start opening day? On Masters opening With day. With Tiger like, Woods like, coming w- w- back? W- w- gosh, baseball just can't stay out of their own way. It's like, you know what? I would have been fine if we only had 154 or 150 games. It's like, okay, just start at May 1st. You know, I kind of was resigned to that, but yeah, I would like to have a little bit of a gap. I mean, our focus will be at Augusta, but nevertheless, we are going to get opening day this week.
1: And Jacob DeGrom, for those long-suffering Metropolitan fans like myself, will not be pitching on opening day for the Metropolitans because he's going to be out for, quote, a significant amount of time. That, of course, comes to us from Jeff Fasson of ESPN. Now, we know DeGrom, basically, if you're a Metbacker, And I wonder if it's already time to start fading the Metropolitans. Now, remember, before the DeGrom news came out, their win total was about 91 and a half. Mm -hmm. They were the favorites to win the NL East, even though the defending reigning World Series champion Atlanta Braves are right there. Now, look at how that's drifted. Three wins. It's just three wins. That's significant in the futures market when you see them down to 88 and a half. Now, Mad Max, Max Scherzer, is also a little dinged up. And we, he's going to throw a bullpen session today. It does look like that. He's not going to miss a start. It looks like Mad Max is going to be there, but here's the problem. If you want to play the Mets and you know, it's enticing for me as a fan to see the number now discounted 88 and a half. And now I can get two to one to win the East because you do assume that you're going to get Degrom Gram back. But I guess Wes, my question for you would be here to me. I'm not expected to Grom back until the all-star break. Mm-hmm. That's realistic for me as a Met fan to say, if he's full go second half of the season, is there then value that with the additions of Chris Bassett, right? As the number three, now he's got to be the pseudo number, number two or one a to Max Scherzer, that they can hold the line enough to get the reinforcements to say, you know what? maybe 88.5 eight, and, and maybe 2-1 to one is not a bad number for the Metropolitans.
0: Well, uh, we're going to see who that opening day starter is going to be. You mentioned Chris Bassett. I would think maybe by default that Might have to that be. could very well be the opening day starter. It's a little bit of a mystery. I know that we're starting to see here on the screen some of the opening day starters that have been listed. Uh, one that is not listed would be the New York Mets. They open up on Thursday at Washington. Patrick Corbin will be on the Hill for the Nationals, so you would think maybe, maybe back Uh, Maybe Tyler McGill is going to be the opening day starter. But nevertheless, uh, the bats that they acquired, the Mets, by the way, have the second highest payroll in all of Major League Baseball, only eclipsed by the Dodgers. And look, they committed $124.5 million to Starling Marte and to Mark Canna and to Eduardo Escobar. You also get Robbie Cano back from his suspension. So it's like those bats are going to have to carry these guys. So one thing I would recommend on the Mets, and we've already seen the movement uh, downwards with DeGrom and or even though that's a little bit more day-to-day, we've already seen the movement downwards. You might be able, if you're interested in Mets futures, you might be able to wait a little bit. I, I, I think maybe they could get off to like a 500 start where they're kind of disappointing in the first month, and then you see him drift. Obviously, the Braves are the favorite. The only loss they really have is Freddie Freeman. He has mm-hmm. been uh, replaced by Matt Olson from the A's amongst uh, their uh, sales spree out there in Oakland. <laughs> and then a lot of people like the Phillies, so... Look, uh, I would say maybe hold on the Mets or wait on them. Don't really – don't don't buy in at the worst possible time. I think there's probably a better place to buy in if you see that.
1: Yeah, and that's great advice because, again, these numbers will get adjusted out there. You don't have to play the 88-and-a-half 88, 88 today. To your point, if all of a sudden – You know, they slip a little bit under 500 after a month. And, you know, we saw this with the Washington Nationals not that long ago when they won the World Series. I believe they were 12 games under 500 at one point, came back to win the World Series. Not saying that's going to be the case with the Metropolitans. That's an extreme example. But maybe if they start off slowly because they don't have the arms that they intend on having for the majority of the season, just wait. Mm -hmm. Wait a couple weeks. See if that number drifts down. Maybe get down as low as 85. And then if you really want to trust – and that's a big thing, though. You have to trust that Jacob Grom not only comes back – but he, that he's still Jacob DeGrom. Right. And I think that's the concern for Met fans now, Wes, is that you take away that ace of aces. And look, Jacob DeGrom, when he's right, his ERA was a half run lower than everybody else who's in Major League Baseball last year. I mean, we're not talking about the best pitcher. We're talking about the best pitcher far and away that the game had to offer last year. Now, can he be that same guy again? Can, can he be a two ERA guy? I don't know if he can be a one and a half ERA guy like he was until he went out, but I guess that's the concern if you're a metropolitan backer. Then you look at the rest of the East, and you got the Phillies. They were four to one not that long ago. Now they're plus three fifty. The Braves back to being the favorite. The Marlins feel like the team in the East West that the sharps kind of like, maybe for that over of seventy six and a half, maybe not as a long shot at fourteen to one. Is there any other value you see in the rest of the division uh, besides the Mets with their injury concerns?
0: Yeah. uh Yeah, I guess if I was looking for like a value a little bit down the board, it could be the Philadelphia Phillies because you look, you add two big bets. You add Kyle Schwarber, Mm -hmm. you add Nick Castellanos to a pretty good offense. Uh, The lineup is going to be potent, obviously. Bryson Scott has emerged, uh, likely takes over for Alec Boom or Baum at third base. Rather, Uh, the defense a little bit shaky. However, at the top of the rotation, you do have Zach Wheeler. You do have Aaron Nola. Ranger Suarez, if he can kind of repeat what he did last year which was his breakout season and now all of a sudden you got the Mets dealing with injuries a brand new offense so it could take them a little bit while Atlanta has had some turnover I still think that they're the team to beat but the Phillies Phillies are going to put up a ton of runs like their offense might be if you go one through nine they might have the best lineup in this division the concern obviously for the Phillies is the bullpen yes and that needs to be shored up I would expect that they're going to be a player in the summer in the trade deadline to add some more arms if they see, okay, fellas, we're right here in it. So the Phillies are kind of, I think, that buzz team right now in the NLEs.
1: Yeah, I got to be honest with you, as a Met fan, it's an unwritten rule. You do not wager money on Philadelphia. If I were to wager money, I would wager it on Philadelphia. You mentioned the top end of that rotation. When you start off with a Wheeler and a, and a, and a NOAA, that's, that's – look, it's not as good as DeGrom and Scherzer when healthy – But it's not that far off. And right now, with the Metropolitan's injuries, and then I look at the Braves, and I get it. They're the defending champs. But does the pitching staff really scare you, or did they just catch lightning in a bottle last year?
0: Well, at the top, I think it's it's very good with Freed and with uh, Ian Anderson, yep. uh, not to be confused with Jeff Theroux Ian Anderson. <laughs> but uh, also, you had uh, Charlie, my favorite, Morton. Numbers a little bit down uh, last That's year, still but solid guy. still very consistent. But you did mention why people like the Marlins, because in terms of young arms, oh boy. they might have the best in all of the NL East. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at Rogers and Sixto Sanchez, and Jesus Lazardo and Elsayor Hernandez like they are loaded with young pitching talent. I don't know if they have the bats necessarily to really compete with the high end teams in the National League, but they'll they'll be a team that I think are in low scoring games because them starters that'll be going 6 plus solid innings. Uh you know, you'll see some 3-2 games with these teams and a then,
1: lot. Then you look at uh, the team I used to cover there in Washington DC, what's happened in the Nationals here? My goodness, 40 to 1 to win the division and a win total of only 70.5. and a half. You know, Mentioned Patrick Corbin is going to be their opening day starter. I mean, long gone are the days of where you could put him as a three mm-hmm. behind you know behind Scherzer uh, and Steven Strasburg, and, and now he's your ace. It kind of shows you where the Nats are now. They are clearly in a rebuilding mode in Washington D.C. So yeah, if I had to play it today. I think the Phillies, I get it, they're, they're the buzz team, but yeah. you could have gotten them at 4-1 to one, now, 350 here at BetMGM. If they shore up the back end of the bullpen, and you made a very astute observation, they probably will. If they find themselves in contention, they're going to make a move. you got to trust they're still a big market team. If they feel like they're in this thing come May – that's not going to be the roster you see today. And that's not going to be the bullpen you see down right. the stretch. So. And, and,
0: and look, I think the Braves will do the same thing. And by the Braves, uh, by the way, the Braves do get Ronald Acuna jr. Back. He was back. Uh, putting up MVP numbers before he got hurt last year. So uh, the Braves, I think are the rightful favorite at this standpoint, but I would wait a little bit. Uh, if you like the Mets and see if you can get a better price in the division, perhaps for the world series and whatnot, and maybe some adjusted win totals. Most books won't do adjusted win totals, but there are some. So I, uh, Obviously on a daily basis you got to
1: keep your eye on the market as a Met fan and as Tom Petty once said the waiting is the <laughs> hardest part but that's what we're going to have to do when we come back more Augusta we're going to do some uh, some head to heads and see who we'd like when we get ready to tee it up on Thursday come on back and it's Beeson these sports.